Hello and welcome to Wellbeing. I'm Jack Hodgins. Today we'll be discussing the aged care sector in Australia. We are joined by Professor Yunhee John from Sydney University. Professor John is a registered nurse and leading researcher in psychogeriatrics and gerontology, focusing on the elderly population in a personalised way. Hello Yunhee and welcome to the program. Hi. Why is it important we look after our elderly Australians? I think that's an interesting question, why it is important. I, I, to me, that's not a question um, that I come up automatically in my head. You know, older people, are they're, they're an important part of our a fabric of our society. You know, people talk about aging population or, um, in a negative way, but, um, you know, older people um, contribute they have contributed a great deal um, throughout their life. And also, um, in their old age, they contribute a great deal to our society and to their families. It's really important that we, we provide support, care for those people in their needs. How well does Australia treat its older population? Um, by and large, people you know, treat older people with respect. I guess, you know, if you, you know, I'm, I'm from South Korea, and I guess sometimes have this view that in, in countries uh, like South Korea, we respect our older people more than, you know, countries in the Western world. I've been living in this country for over 30 years now, and, um, and I see that where I live, um, a lot of older people around us, um, they are, you know, um, respected um, and supported. And I guess, you know, um, kind of a case across all the, you know, society. Um, and I guess we hear about different um, perspectives and thoughts around how all the people should be treated. But if you ask me my personal view of my personal experience, then I see that in Australia, all the people are valued for their um, contribution, but also um, they are treated with respect. It's just uh, unfortunate it's not across the whole sector. What does the term aged care actually mean? Like, what does it look like in the real world? Two in five older people, that they, um, they report they need in some form of assistance. So um, whether that, you know, domestic care assistance or the personal care assistance or clinical care assistance. So if you think of, you know, our older um, population broadly, people need some form of support. And much of that need for support is provided by family members, friends and neighbours, but not everyone's care needs fully met by the, you know, the those informal supports um, around them. You know, when you think of, you know, older people who are in need of care, um, so when I said around the three in five older people, that means the three in five older people don't necessarily need any support. So we're talking about a particular group of people who need assistance uh, or support in some way. Age care is designed to support those people. And the aged care uh, can be offered in the person's own home or um, in hospitals under the notion of aged care. But if you go to hospitals, there are aged care wards. 
and also aged care is also provided in a, in a residential um, care home setting. You know, when we talk about aged care in Australia, I think people instantly think of community aged care and residential aged care. What kind of facilities and activities are available for those in aged care? There are many different types of support services available. Um, so if I start with in-home, depending on the person's care needs, there is a program called Commonwealth Home Support. And, um, you know, it's a kind of entry-level support service to help people remain at home and, um, you know, with a level of independence. And so, you know, this is a kind of a very basic level support. You know, it could entail um, domestic support, cleaning, gardening, or it could be about some form of personal care, showering. It could be social support, and it could be sometimes allied health support and respite for carers. These are the kind of types of support for people who require some form of assistance without you know, high level or complex care needs. There are also um, services called home care packages, and there are level one, two, three, four different types depending on the person's care needs. And um, so it's a kind of next level care from community home support program. So home care packages are designed to to provide care for older people who have complex care needs and that could entail personal care and um, support services that I mentioned earlier um, for commonwealth home support programs, but also um, clinical care by registered nurses, for example, and um, also allied health services. And also home care packages entail you know, other social support um, you know, depending on individuals' needs. These are the kind of the most commonly known support services under the umbrella of aged care in Australia um, that happen mm. in the community. But then once um, the care at home is no longer sufficient to support the person, then the person has to, you know, make a decision to go into aged care home setting. So that um, we used to call nursing homes a while ago, and I know still people call nursing homes, but formerly it's residential aged care homes. You're listening to Wellbeing, where we are discussing the aged care sector in Australia. My guest today is Professor Yun-Hee John from Sydney University. Let's talk about your story for a moment. What is your background with the aged care sector and why did you get involved with it? I was trained registered registered nurse in South Korea and I came to Australia to study further outside Korea. I guess, you know, when you're young, you want to explore the world and you want to learn about different things in different countries. So I chose to come to Australia. So um, I continued my nursing studies. and, And I guess, you know, when I was doing my PhD, in um, late 1990s, I was really interested in the way that older people with mental health issues are supported in, in the community. And, um, and that really started kind of, you know, my interest in um, the care of older people. And I guess since then, when I finished my PhD, I kind of started having more interest in um, 
people living with dementia. Dementia is an area that 30 years ago, when I was doing my nursing um, you know, program in South Korea, we learned little about dementia. When I started learning about person-centered care in 1990s, it really drew my interest and attention to the way that, you know, how much we can do and how that is going to impact or support the person's, um, you know, quality of life. It's something that I had never thought about um, until I actually learned about person-centered care by Tom Kittles. And um, that really taught me, as a registered nurse, I can do something to actually, you know, help someone's quality of life, not just by clinical work, but having an understanding of the person's um, needs and um, concerns and the preferences. And um, so that was the kind of the beginning of my journey. And um, so it was kind of late 90s and early 2000s. And I also found extremely important that we provide support to the person and their family. I was trained qualitative research in qualitative research, meaning that I conduct a lot of interviews with, you know, people with lived experience, whether they mm-hmm. have mental illness or dementia or, or whether they are family carers. And when you talk to them, when you listen to their stories, it kind of gives you some form of conviction in a way that, you know, they have been extremely generous um, in the way that they share their stories with me. And I'm sure that while they were sharing their stories, they had hope. You know, whatever the information they were giving to me, they were hoping that something would be done to, to make a better place or to help other people. So, um, you know, when you do a survey, you know, um, you don't get that kind of close connection to those people with lived experience. But when you interview them, there are many moments, you know, people, you know, sometimes they, um, you know, were in tears, but they really want to talk. And, and I know the reason they want to do it is because they want to, you know, make a difference by being part of that interview. So, um, and, you know, a lot of stories that I heard in, you know, early, um, in, in 1995, I still remember a place where I visited someone's house and, you know, they offered me a cup of tea and they sat down and we talked for one and a half hours and they were just so grateful that there was someone listening to them. I guess my interest was not just because of my clinical, you know, exposure um, in the care of older people, but also, um, you know, having the connection with the families and people in, in their own home environment and listening to their stories. And, um, and you know, often those stories are very sad, um, but other times that you, you hear that, you know, why they do what they do and that really motivates us. And my, my qualitative research, you know, I, I've been continuing my qualitative research uh, until now and I will continue my work, but I also do um, clinical trials and... Um, but I have to say that this, you know, human contact, um, working with people living with dementia and their families or people living in aged care homes, listening to them, I feel I, you know, owe 
<laughs> a great deal to them because they've mm. helped us better understand. Moving forward with how we approach aged care, what innovations in the future are going to happen that, or creative new ways that are going to change how we approach that sector? I guess um, there are so many areas that we can do better. Um, I guess one is to do with the way we see um, aging and dementia. You know, I guess when we talk about aged care, um, we can't necessarily separate dementia care from aged care. 50% of uh, people living in residential aged care um, are diagnosed with dementia, and we know additional 20 to 30% of people in residential aged care have some form of cognitive impairment and undiagnosed dementia. And I guess when I think of um, aged care and dementia care, I, what I would really like to see is the way our society sees aging and dementia would need to change. I think the change is happening. It's very slow, but I can see that people are talking more about positive aging um, or living well with dementia, and um, it's giving people hope that you know going into residential aged care is or um, getting a diagnosis of dementia is not the end of life. Um, there are so many um, things that that you know um, that they can do to live well in a care home setting and in residential aged care home and even at home when people you know have a diagnosis of dementia. People sometimes people don't think that there is anything that can be done. But there are so many other things that can be done, and um, and we call um, you know um, reablement program or um, rehabilitation approaches. So these are the areas that we really need to normalise in the way that we provide support. Between 2017, 2016, and 2018, I conducted a study um, in New South Wales and. I interviewed over 100 people who are living in um, residential aged care homes or um, in their own homes in the community. And I talked to so many people who, if they were li- living at home, um, some people were very you know, proud of the fact in their um, you know, 90s, they are still able to maintain their um, independence of course, they were receiving home care support or home care packages, but they still had that sense of, you know, I'm proud, I can stay home, and I am doing these things in my own home. And they really showed me how they can actually maintain that independence. So my work around reablement and rehabilitation really is about um, helping people believe that there are ways to maintain and or sometimes improve their independence, even in their um, later, you know, in their 80s and 90s, and, and even if they are receiving care, care services in their home. So what I'm trying to say is that um, it's not a you know, kind of um, innovation, per se, but it's, it's the way that our society you know, all the people themselves as well, um, and our families, uh, the way that we see and approach aged care has to really change 
so that people know that care is not just about passive receive, you know, um, receiving care. It's actually about whoever is providing care and whoever is receiving care. It's about working together to maintain, you know, um, that uh, client or the person's independence. So I think that's what I really want to see. And I've seen hmm. people in, in residential aged care home. They actually found a place that they could um, go beyond what they thought they could do. I, I met a, a person in residential aged care home who learned to paint for the first time in her life until, mm. you know, she came to the care home. Before she came to the care home, she didn't even know she had the talent. And, um, you know, now she was able to paint um, rather than feeling anxious about things around her. And, um, and in, you know, I have this kind of very clear memory of her room full of paintings on the wall. And um, she, you know, gives her paintings to other people. She gave their paintings to other people. So for Christmas presents or staff mm. and families and friends and and you know I have her painting in my office um, and in my university. So it, it's you know and and so this is something I think we often um, forget that when someone is receiving care, we don't recognize that everyone wants to give as well. So there were many several years ago that there was a study in South Australia asking people the meaning of a good life. So what is a good life to you? And the people, about 770 people were interviewed, and they actually found about six main concepts. And uh, one of them was um, being in control. Another one was people having sense of belonging, but. Another one was being able to contribute. And so having purpose in life is really important. So I, I think we need to actually understand, um, you know, um, healthy aging or living well in old age or, or positive aging. All these things actually involve not just having physical health. It is also about connecting with other people, people, people having sense of independence, being in control, but also being able to contribute and belonging. So once we know these things are really important, then we, we work with people so that they can actually um, feel that they're not just receiving a support all the time. I think aged care is... is Unlike hospital acute care, you know, which often focus mostly on clinical aspects, a lot of people in aged care homes, um, they have complex care needs. So it's about balancing the clinical care and also, um, you know, um, understanding that they need to, they have social needs as well. And I think the failure in our aged care often relates to you know, one dominating, you know, it goes one spectrum only. You know, they are very good with the social care, completely ignoring the importance of clinical care. Um, or um, they just focus on clinical aspects, completely ignoring social aspects of care. So I think it's, having that balance is really important um, when it comes to aged care. 
and we are doing it. Um, you know, I, I think um, this aged care sector and, you know, the, the narratives about aged care and dementia are changing. It's just not changing fast enough. Mm. Um, but that's just, mm. you know, um, kind of my hope that we, we see more of those things. And um, when we constantly hear about negative aspects of aged care, um, it is difficult for our, you know, um, future, age, you know, um, workforce to choose aged care as their choice. You know, I'm been in nursing school, and um, we have amazing students who want to become a nurse. Students who have degrees, it could be pharmacology, it could be um, engineering, it could be economics. They have bachelor's degree elsewhere, but and they are mature age students, and they, you know, um, have worked in other industries, but they want to become a nurse. They are so, you know, driven and motivated that they want to become a nurse, and I, I would, I'd love to see, you know, um, my students choose working in aged care as their top priority. What they see on TV or hear, you know, through media doesn't really motivate them. It's a, it's an amazing, you know, specialty um, for nurses to work in. I don't feel that they hear enough about amazing opportunities. We have opportunity to, to change our societal view about aged care. What that means is that People, uh, you know, feel um, more proud of working in aged care rather than um, feeling that, you know, um, they are not valued because um, we, we need a lot more work to, to bring more nurses um, to work in aged care. But I, I think, you know, it is important that we have better messaging in the way that we talk about aged care so that our future workforce feel, um, you know, more motivated to work in this area. You're listening to Wellbeing, where we are discussing the aged care sector in Australia. My guest today is Professor Yun-Hee John from Sydney University. I think those are some really good points too. I think we really touched on a lot of good things then because it seems like we have a lot of opportunities in front of us and also already we a lot of the people that are actually in aged care can have some really positive and great experiences and it's and it's interesting because the media doesn't seem to be getting that it, they just don't seem to give that kind of look upon it they kind of give it a more negative look why do you think that I is suspect one of the things to do um, relate is that people are not necessarily um, interested in hearing about uh, positive things I think if you, you know, turn on your TV, you know, when you hear about disasters, terrible things, people are more drawn into those stories. Um, and um, maybe that's part of the play. I mean, that's just one potential reason. But I feel that, um, as I said, we all have responsibility, like at me you know, myself as as an educator and as a researcher, I have responsibility to to really speak up about the importance of um, you know um, or the value that um, aged care nurses um, or nurses working in aged care and also working in any setting. 
you know, hospital setting, um, a community setting. You know, their their work is just amazing. I, I work because one of my clinical trials um, is about um, looking at the effectiveness of reablement program for people living with dementia at home. So we have designed the program um, that is delivered over four-month period for people um, living with dementia and their families. So the program has a registered nurse and occupational therapist um, and other allied health professionals working as an interdisciplinary team. So what I'm trying to say is that we often forget the fact that there, there is a science behind in the way that nurses and OTs and other allied health professionals provide care to help someone maintain um, and improve their independence. You know, train you know, nurses and um, allied health professionals to be able to offer this kind of care, um, but also um, at a system or service level that there is opportunity uh, for those nurses and, um, you know, allied health professionals to work together to support people to, to stay home, um, you know, independently as long as possible. So I, I guess um, it is really important that we, we give our um, HK workforce a hope and there is a future. There are a lot of things that we don't know, but there are a lot of things that we already know that they work. And the, 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 I guess the challenge is how we actually bring this well-established evidence into day-to-day practice and how we actually train our you know, nurses and allied health professionals to be able to, to do those things that they have learned. Well, thank you for sharing your insight with us today, Yoon-hee, on the aged care sector in Australia. We appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. My guest today was Professor Yun Hee John from Sydney University. Thank you for listening. I'm Jack Hodgins, and all of us at Wellbeing wish you well.